This is the boss, and I'm sick of waiting. I want Pikachu, and this time, don't screw it up! Hello and welcome to Game Night Quest episode 134. Yeah, that'd be 134. I'm your host, Mike Apps, K Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, fashionably late, David McCarney, Family Master. And calling in from Japan, Michael Gaijin Monokatari. Also, I'm kind of curious if there's an actual term for a, a three-digit number where the first two digits add up to the third digit. Probably, but I'm not enough of a math nerd to know it. So any math nerds in the audience, please let us know. We are kind of, well, One of yes, us we are curious. curious in every possible meaning of the word. <laughs> One of us wants to know. That's enough. Well, wants to know, yes, but we're also curious. We're flying blind this week. Yeah, really? just, uh, 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 something happened, and uh, last week's episode did not actually get posted. Uh, it was something to do. So, with... what did you guys talk about last week? Because I wasn't on that episode. Uh, what about all the 132 questions? Things and stuff, and I was a robot. Yeah, that that was the real problem. Uh, we assumed that the fact that we all sounded like a robot was not being recorded. It was. Apologies. Stupid me. Once that'll that'll go up uh, shortly there'll probably be a number of apologies attached to it so. yes unfortunately it took lots of uh, computer programming and reconfiguring and, and uninstalling and installing of drivers by which I mean I unplugged the USB and plugged it back in and it wasn't roboting anymore but this was after suddenly worked for the last 10 minutes of the cast yes wow I wish I'd actually heard all of that, but the local equivalent of the Jehovah's Witnesses just rung my doorbell, and I had to go tell them to please leave. <laughs> what is the local equivalent of Jehovah's Witnesses? Well, besides the actual Jehovah's Witnesses over here, I believe it was one of the so-called new religions, uh, some variation on Buddhism. Oh, I was betting on I didn't quite get the name, except I know it was not Witness. So. I was betting on Happy Science. Happy si oh, it wasn't Happy Science either. And they don't normally go door to door. I don't. Oh, there's enough. Henry something Kyo, so I don't recognize it. It's fair enough. There's probably a number of them. They're probably not all that interesting for the most part. Yeah, I mean, they also tend not to be too intrusive. Fair um, enough. I mean, they they will talk your ear off if you give them the chance, but if you very say no, few, they'll go away. <laughs> yeah, but very few of them actually do door to door. Fair enough. Well, that was uh, that was our uh, minute of Mia culpa. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Uh, <laughs> so Zelda. Hey, wheels. Zelda. Oh. Yes, there is Zelda. Yeah, lots of Zelda. Zoral, though. Yes, I believe that uh, Link's Awakening is now available on Switch. Yep, it's it is. fantastic. And I, I've already seen at least one question on Quora asking if, where they can find a walkthrough for it. I'm like, 
Dudes. Dudes. First of all, Google. Second of all, GameFAQs has how many walkthroughs for this game? Yeah. It's, like it does, admittedly, the Game Boy Color version, but still, it can't be that different. It's not, it isn't. Like, that's not, kind of the thing. Yeah, it's a slavish for good nail, remake. It's almost entirely identical outside of the Dungeon Maker and yeah. the trendy game. Yep. I was going to say that there had to be at least one extra thing that they added in, like the Color Dungeon for the Game Boy Color version. I love the color dungeon being in the Switch version because, like, of course it had to be there, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's very quaint to still have a dungeon that exists just to show off colors. The color dungeon is in the Switch version? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm not I never, surprised. I never played uh, the DX version, so. It's, it's cute. It's not much of a dungeon. It, like, yeah, it was really just there to show the show off the color thing so it was all blue and red switches and stuff yeah. yeah like the entire everything in the dungeon is gimmicked to colors so but it has a nice remix of the zelda one dungeon theme for some reason hmm. well and this remix got lots of really fantastic remixes of the original songs it looks gorgeous and it sounds gorgeous i haven't played it yet but i assume it plays gorgeous but yep uh, you may have seen some complaints about frame rate issues, to which I say it's about the equivalent of someone complaining about frame rate issues in a turn-based game, in that it doesn't affect a damn thing. It's a very slow game. Yes, it's a slow game, and it's not really noticeable. It's like, if mostly... you're actually complaining about frame rates in a game like that, what are your priorities, people, and how hard yes. are you searching for something to complain about? Plus, it's mo it's mainly in the overworld, so the parts where there's the actual, like, harder action, it runs perfectly fine. It's one of those situations where it seems to be just, like, people have already basically isolated it down to the frame drops when the game has to load things in. So, Which makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird to see that world without like squared off borders because it is still very much built around squares. But I mean, it doesn't. There's no stopping you to because of squares. So yeah, it's very strange. But it sh like everything I looked at, it sure does love looking exactly like the original. For good now, mostly for good. Mostly for good. It's just one of those things where it's like, I, I'm glad that the game is playable now, but it feels weird that, one, they didn't re-release, they, they didn't pack in or re-release the original slash DX version, and it's just like, at that point, when it's so similar, it does raise the question of why remake if you're not going to do anything to it. Well, you're going to make it look a lot prettier. It's true, and that probably makes it an easier sell. And then there's also the question of, well, if it's not broke, why fix it? Yeah, but I mean, at that point, you can just re-release the original. It's still great. It still looks great, even. I love those pixel art, but... Yeah, um, it still looks great, but then you'd have a n newer generation of visual hipsters complaining about the old art. Yeah, old art, and probably also just uh, concerns about scaling the resolution up on the Switch, but... Or complaints about the price that they're charging for a nearly monochromatic game. Oh, don't worry. They're still complaining about that. No, they always complain about it, but I mean, they'd actually have almost have a point if it were just the original. Yeah, well, if it was just the original, it would probably be a download-only game anyway. It would probably be much cheaper, but... 
That's neither here nor there. Let's see, <laughs> they did release the DX version on 3DS. I think that went for like eight bucks. Seven bucks. Seven bucks. Because I, I just bought it today. <laughs> of course, <laughs> that's you why. Did. I say you, you can. It actually goes secondhand for about a thousand yen for the cartridge original. Mm-hmm. Over here. But yeah, like the new version is much prettier. It's a very nice looking game. But uh, it does make me wish that they had just done Link's Awakening Between Worlds and just re-released the original. But that's maybe an unfair complaint, given that it's not what the game is supposed to be. Yeah. I would like a nice sequel to it. That would be fun. Link's Awakening Between Worlds. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. (laughs) Or Link's Dreaming. Oh, 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 oh. Where then we have arguments over what the apostrophe S is actually supposed to stand for, grammatically, in the sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah. First, I mean, I don't think anyone really thought too hard about it, whether or not it was supposed to be a possessive or a progressive noun form. Yeah. I didn't even really think about it until just now. I'm like, wait a moment, that's kind of clever. Ah, yeah. Link is awakening. Yeah, they they really were into those like link puns in the pet at that point, but I think they realized that they couldn't really top that one, so they stopped. Yeah. Until a link between worlds, because they needed to harken back to that era of Zelda. Let's go back and rename them to all have numbers attached to them, just to confuse people. It's still weird. Uh, every so often, I still see people call Link to the Past Zelda Three, and it like completely destroys my brain while I think about it for a second. Let's just delete Zelda Two and make something else too. Can we do that? No, uh, and just remake Zelda Two in the same, in a better style or a similar style to Link's Awakening. Yes, because that would actually make the game worth playing. The Othin Falgana of Zeldas. I love it. Let's do it. It would be interesting. Like that is a game that could use a remake, whether you decided to completely change its style or keep its weird nature. Because, mm-hmm. like, you could still make a compelling game out of it with its old style as long as you fixed it. But, but yeah, but uh, changing it to follow more like the the 2D style of the Link's Awakening remake would make would it a lot more cute. playable. Would make it a lot more interesting, and then they would also have a chance to actually add more to the story. Mm. Or it's give it a. a of, it's got a lot of space for a story because it's got that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, it like the at that point like Zelda Two's weird story that's basically just like the equivalent of a Castlevania game trying to resurrect Dracula except for Ganon is like an idea that I feel like they would try now, but now they don't bother because they just like oh just Ganon just comes back. They don't need to come up with an excuse for why anymore. But at the time, it's just like, oh, they need to kill Link so they can bring Ganon back. That's how it works. Uh, well, in this case, in that case, since they're having fun with all of the timey-wimey parallel whatevers, just make it the, like, in the timeline, the first game of, of one of the timelines where they are trying to make Ganon permanently, um, what's the right word, replenishable. Mm-hmm. And they just like, haven't gotten right yet. Like, Ocarina does that is the problem. I think it does that for all three timelines, because he always gets the Triforce of Power, which is why he's permanently coming back. 
And it's not mm-hmm. until, like, Zelda 1 that he, I guess, explodes immediately, but Zelda 1 and 2 are at the end of one of the timelines, and I can't remember which. Why do I remember this? Uh, they're in the Hero Defeated. Okay, they're timeline. in the Hero Dies timeline. Yes. They're in the... See, you you guys know this way too well. Yeah, they're in yeah. the we-don't-know-what-to-do-with-these ti- timeline, as I like to call it. Because <laughs> all, all the a... newer games kind of fit neatly into, like, the two other branches. And, and a lot of the old detritus games just sort of clog up the hero yeah, dice like, oh, ugh, here, whatever. Yeah, because what else are we going to do with them? Yeah. Uh, I forget if they've specified where Breath of the Wild takes place. They apparently moved Link's Awakening around for this one, because, like, or at least recently, more recently than the timeline book. Or the book that contains the timeline. I don't want to pretend that that is a book about the timeline. There's a page where it prints the timeline. But more recently than that, they have moved where Link's Awakening is. Interesting. Another reminder that that timeline does not exist as something that they care terribly much about. They will move things around it as they feel, yeah, as they see. They really it, it is a document of convenience. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. If something already fits there, that's great. If it doesn't, it will be moved so that it will. <laughs> well, I think they should do like a uh, Crisis on Infinite Worlds type of type of game where they just smush all the timelines together. And Wasn't that half of what Hyrule Warriors was? Yeah. I'm just I'm just kind of reminded of this old Sprite webcomic I read over a decade and a half ago. That was it was basically a parody of the old um, Captain N, the Game Master. Oh, uh, idea concept done with Super Nintendo games, and at one point the hero of the story got put into a um, into a actual t- um, type of TV game show, facing off against all of the other all of the links from like the first five games of the series, and of course it was called the weakest link, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. because um, and the uh, the host had to be reminded that wait a moment links are all silent protagonists so they end up all getting little old men as interpreters. That makes sense. Yeah, with some of the most nonsensical answers that were being accepted as valid. So it was a very weird cartoon. It didn't last too long. So I'm amazed yeah, I remember yeah, it. For- that's true of a lot of webcomics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, this was back in the heyday. Um. So, this is the weird, weird stuff. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Link's Awakening. That that happened. That game's out. He's played. You know what's great? You know what's out soon though. Uh, next Pokemon. Few days. Darksiders 2, Definitive Edition for your Nintendo Switch. I promise you that's not what I was going to talk about. It's a, oh, we uh, know it's not what you were going to talk about. It's a fantastic Zelda-ish game, and in my opinion, better than the original game, and I really highly recommend people check it out. I think it's only 30, 30 bucks. Definitely worth your time. And well, now that Wheels has been sponsored, Wheels... Uh, oh, and uh, tomorrow, Jedi Knight Two is out on your Switch. You're really, really drawing. You're really drawing this for, out for really no reason. For ten bucks, uh, and uh, apparently it's only the single player portion of the game, which is confusing. But whatever. That is sorry. weird. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something else? 
you know, you know, just one of those those old RPG franchises that happens every so often. Breath of Fire? Those... Oh no, that one's dead. Never mind. Why are you antagonizing them? Why <laughs> are you doing sorry. this? We're gonna I'm have so to. I'm so sorry. Like I'm gonna have to apologize <laughs> to them in the Discord. So very sorry. Again. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's the protagonist of Yakuza Seven's favorite game franchise. Oh, um, uh, um, yeah, I can't think of any anything stupid. Go ahead. String Quest Eleven switched coming Woo! out soon. Before the next episode, it will be out, and we will have to live with that. And I will. That's that's what orchestral music sounds like. It sounds like what Wheels is doing right now. Yes. So it's Dragon Quest Eleven Switch. Okay, good. Dragon Quest Eleven uh, Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition S, which is too long of a name. Pick one of those subtitles. Dragon Quest Eleven Scramble. Uh, Scramble Commander? No. Wait, no, that's Super Robo this game. It's a uh, Muso for your Nintendo Switch? What? Why are you doing this? I don't know. I'm still mad! God damn it. I'm so mad. Okay. Just a moment, I need to go pick up the co-host. <sighs> Good choice. Yeah, don't worry. I'm mad too. I'm not mad enough to not buy Royal, but I am mad enough that I don't know when I'll have time to play it, because I'll have to yeah. play it in the dang helmet. I just, I really want to, I, I have nothing against Persona 5. I really want to play it. I just, I don't want to play anything on PS4 anymore. Wow. <laughs> don't care for the system. It's also, di- it's also dying. You've got to replace it with a pro. No, I'm not replacing it until the PS5 comes out. That makes sense, that makes sense. Which I, have, uh, which I have to buy because Sony has Spider-Man. I have no choice in the matter. At least it'll play your PS4 games. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm still hoping for some more PS3 ports so I can get rid of that stupid thing. Oh, man. I've been having such a good time looking at the kinds of Spaceman statements that Sony was making during the PS3's oh, lifetime. God. I've been sharing wheels a select sampling of them because they're just completely nuts. Oh man. Uh, I'm I'm still just very upset at the <laughs> Well, here's here's the most baffling part about that whole era is all three major systems were on power C- PC based processors. So you yeah. think you know, they'd all be, it'd be easy for ports and everything. But no, Sony had to go and make their processor super weird. Well, they were all, like, evolutionary branches far enough away that it's like saying all three of them are animals. True. Uh, but, I mean... I was just like, I've been reading about the the way that, like, even the PS2 worked, and I didn't realize that, it, like, this is not going to mean anything to most people, but suffice to say it's really stupid just that the PS2's floating point numbers don't work with, do not work the way the IEEE <laughs> standard does oh it's god awful <laughs> why would you do that <laughs> oh. so that's why PS2 emulation takes so much more powerful a computer because you can't trust 
that the floating point numbers that your computer produces are going to be anything <laughs> like the floating point numbers that the PS2 would produce. So anytime that an emulator tries to emulate PS2 floating point calculations, it has to double check against what the PS2's floating point calculation would do. That's so amazingly bad. Are, are we complaining about PlayStation 2 emulation? Yes. Um, just just about okay. Sony's hardware design ethos in general. Yeah. So yeah, I've got the uh, world's cutest little co-host on my knee right now. We finally yeah. got someone with some charisma here. Ouch. Yes. Harsh. Hey, oh, I was no, I mean, burning speaking myself about himself and me too, so it's okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let's see. But yeah, no, I was reading back through old uh, Sony quotes because I looked back at the 2005 and 06 uh, PS3 Sony press conferences, which were... I wouldn't recommend doing that by yourself, but Digital Foundry did some good videos where they looked back at it. And I think my favorite part is the bit where in 2006 they show a trailer for a game that never came out and was never mentioned again called Eight Days. And it's a very obviously CG trailer, but they put, like, a fake UI on top of it. <laughs> and at that point, like, all three of the people at Digital Foundry watching it are just somewhere between agape a and insulted that they tried to <laughs> pretend that was real. Uh, it's incredible. Man, how did the PS3 happen? Uh, what? Well, have you ever heard of Too Big to Fail, and have you ever tried applying it to video games? Uh, good point. <laughs> I mean, that's also kind of how Nintendo survived at least two of its generations. Sure. Uh, let's see. Actually, Nintendo had, like... Sony immediately took a $2 billion bath on the PS3. Uh, the, now, how badly did Nintendo do on the 64? The 64, they didn't spend as much money or time developing. It was actually pitched to them... By SGI, by SGI, not SGI. It was Silicon Graphics. That's who it was. Uh, it, so the weird thing is that Silicon Graphics actually initially pitched the M64's architecture to Sega of America, and Tom Kalinske basically told them, "Japan's not going to bite on this, but I think you have something," and essentially directed them to Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Does that count as corporate sabotage? It would if they hadn't already fired Kalinsky by the time it mattered. Like, it's one of those situations where, like, honestly, it sounds like he probably would have bid on it, but he knew Sega of Japan was already pissed off enough. They weren't going to bite on, like, an American-made processor, so they didn't. But, yeah, it's a, it's a weird... That's a weird story that, like, it's one of those ones that every time I read it, I have to go back and verify that it's real. And I always end up finding a source for it. So it's like, well, I guess that did happen. But yeah, I was reading, like, a Spaceman quote from frickin' Kazurai in 2009. This is, I'm going to say that this is the epilogue to a question that was asked last week, I think, which was about uh, how important it is for a console to be easy to develop for. <laughs> It might have been asked the week before, but we'll consider this an epilogue to that question, which is Kazurai in 2009. Uh... Someone doesn't like Kazurai. Wow, yeah. rude. <laughs> yep. Sorry, the world's cutest co-host demands a change of topic now. So... <laughs> wow. So she, she's saying, okay, in ten years' time, what kinds of games should I be demanding that Daddy get for me? Hmm. If he does not already have them. Monster Hunter? Clearly. 
Oh, heavens. <laughs> or a 10-year-old? Uh, I'm sure you can find 10-year-olds must, that know how to play that. Monster but... Hunter Stories? <laughs> Maybe. I feel like when Monster Hunter took off on the PSP, like, 12-year-olds was probably the biggest audience for it, but... I do know a couple junior high kids who, at that time, who were really big into it. Yeah. Blossoms. But yeah, I don't I don't know how I don't know what games kids play anymore and I especially don't know what games kids of the late 2020s will be playing. Fortnite 2? Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's what that'll be called and I don't think that that's what it'll be either. Yeah, no. No, it'll be called Sin Night instead. Uh, but I'm just saying like ki- the children of today aren't playing so like the, the big kids game of 2010, well, not 2010, but the early 2010s was Minecraft. And children still play that, Ugh. but Ugh. it's, uh, there's no Minecraft 2, you'll note. No. Nope. It just, it, I mean, why bother? Uh, they just update the original because that still sells. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they put it on everything because. I mean, why not? Microsoft. Kids like it. Adults like it. Why not? I don't like it. Can't believe you didn't buy Minecraft for your Vita. Ugh. You can cross-play Minecraft on your Xbox One and Switch. Yeah, I'd rather be really stupid and buy two copies of Quest Builders 2. You could buy, you could buy a copy of... Uh, no, I was going to say you could uh, buy a copy of Ori in the Blind Forest instead. I should do that anyway, because that game's red. Yeah, that game's out on Switch, I believe, or at least coming out. Looks good. Looks good. Yeah. I mean, it's Ori, so known to be good. Uh, let's see. We should bring this up since Victor brought it up and there were things that we could not uh, talk about because neither of us had actually played Mass Sign. Uh, mm-hmm. See, it's a very good game in spite of the mandatory status controls. I didn't bother with the optional bosses because I thought they required too much level grinding. Did you? Did you? I'm curious. No, not really. <laughs> Don't blame you. I mean, I, um, did I try to fight Macadamius one time? Directly, yes, this is a bad idea. Uh, How much grinding will you tolerate in order to take on an optional boss? That's a slightly more broad question that we might be able to answer with a different game. It really depends on the game and the series, especially if it's a game that allows you to do a new game plus at the end to carry over stuff so you can play through it all again. That's a big one. How interesting is the actual fight? Because like a lot of times you'll get optional bosses that are basically just like a check to see how high your stats are and aren't actually that interesting to fight. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with some of the Metal Max insanity on this one. Um, like, yeah, there, there's a couple... There's one very large, very optional boss that yeah. you have to find a way of pegging it a couple times with a cement gun in order to weigh it down enough that you can hit it with everything else. Mm-hmm. Just because it is so far out of range that it is that its um, evasion rate is literally sky high. Actually, no, stratospheric. There we go. There's a good word. <laughs> and you simply cannot hit it at most range, or with most weapons. 
So you have to think of really odd ways of getting around this. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> well, that's, uh, that sounds very Metal Max. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Metal Max is good with its crazy yeah. optional bosses. Yeah. Uh... And, and then it will do things like keep track of damage per round or damage per person and then give you quadruple critical hits. <laughs> as in, as in, or as in not four different critical hits, no, one critical hit that is at a, like an exponential four factor. Oof. Yeah. So the regular critical hits are big red letters, and the super critical hits are really big blue letters. Just so that you always know whether it happened. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's... Trying to think of like, I usually will be more open to optional bosses in action RPGs because those usually have more of a sense of learning, a, like learning a fight and how it's actually supposed to be approached. Whereas, again, I played a lot of. I mean, like, you get to something like I'll take a game that I actually really like, uh, <laughs> like the the weapons in FF Seven. Or, you know, a lot of the... Or, like, the weapons in a lot of Final Fantasy games, they just aren't very interesting to fight. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, penance in FF10, not very interesting. No. Uh, so, I mean, most of FF10's optional bosses were... That's Fun is not the right word. Freakishly difficult. <laughs> yeah. And I, oddly placed, because they just kind of showed up after a certain point in the game, without really bothering to be called end-game content or post-game content. Yeah, there's nothing there. You can't really avoid them in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. I would legitimately say that most of the changes made in FF10 International kind of make it worse. So. Yeah. Like, th but those are kind of chief among it. Like, those are kind of unforgivably bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but basically, I mean, a good optional boss has to be a challenge for the point where you beat them. They cannot be completely impossible without some really cheap method and or getting to level 300. Yeah, um, if, if the decide. primary strategy here is just determining whether your, level, your like, numbers have gotten high enough, then these aren't interesting enough to bother with. Yeah, but something that has... Uh, um, like an interesting method of winning or forces you to consider new tactics yeah, or is just like ridiculous like the hamsters in Valkyrie Profile. Oh, heavens. Which, Trace has done a lot of pretty good ones. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, or, for that matter, the uh, the the uh, secret boss in uh, Illusion of Gaia. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is a lot harder than he was in Soul Blazer? It's like the first boss in Soul Blazer. Yes, he was, and he was righteously pissed about it. I Canonically, that. righteously pissed because he says as much in Illusion of Gaia. It's like I got beaten. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I should have been more. I should have been better. Yes, and so I've spent however many eons improving myself. And now you've helped me get all the pieces together. Ha ha. 
Yeah. Good work on that. You did a lot of morally dubious things. <laughs> and now I kill you. So. See. Well, you didn't really have to do anything too morally dubious to get all the jeweler gems in that game. I feel like there's at least a few where it's like, why am I doing this? But yeah. <laughs> I haven't played that game in ages. I need to replay yeah, it. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Probably because it's never gotten any sort of re release. That should be the next collection that M2 uh, gets hired for by Square. I mean, technically it was an Enix game, so Square could just release the three. They've done they've done ActRaiser. They've never touched any of the other Quintet games that Enix published. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. On the plus side, no ActRaiser 2. On the downside, no Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, or Terra Enigma. See what you've done, Square Enix? You've made a big This is what cry. I did. I, I, I assumed that it was actually bringing up ActRaiser 2. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ActRaiser 2 can't hurt us. <laughs> Sorry about this. Yeah, it's okay. It happens. Yes. Yes. Okay, we're gonna sit you up. Do not do not throw up on Daddy's shirt. Okay. Famous last words. Yes. Well, as long as it's the shirt and not the computer, let's let's put it that way. Yeah, okay. that's that's a fair consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Victor then asked about a web novel slash light novel that I've literally never heard of called Overlord. Uh, that we have nothing to say about, and I don't. You probably have heard of it. I don't know if you've ever read anything about it. Why are you asking about <laughs> this again? I don't know. <laughs> it, it just—it was something he asked about. I think part of it was why is the first video game based on it a Picross game, and that's because it's cheap, super cheap. Yeah, pretty much. If you believe a license will—it's probably a case of we believe a license will sell a Picross game, rather than we got the license to make a Picross game. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you're never quite sure what you can actually pull off with a license until it succeeds. Pretty much. So. Did, did you ever hear how um, how Sapkowski in Poland was really pissed off at Project CD Red? Or whatever oh, it yeah, yeah. Because like, what happened was that he sold the game rights and took a lump sum because he assumed that either the game would never come out or it wouldn't be a success. Whoops. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and he, he later tried to... Uh, he, he later tried to take them to court to try and get uh, more proceeds from it. And they're like, no, dude. No, he took the lump sum. They eventually did give him some money just so that he would stop complaining about it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those situations where, like... The, it's interesting because also the, the Witcher rights were originally sold to a different company to essentially make a Tomb Raider knockoff. <laughs> There's some screens floating around of that Witcher PS1 era game. Wow. Of course, that may have been why he was rather dubious about whether or not it would succeed. Yeah, I mean, that would have been bad. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I found there's it. There's no there's way a, he would have just assumed that it would turn into what it has. Just to say, the reason that The Witcher is a franchise that exists in English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. I have or found that the, the screenshot. Or they're hiring Henry Cavill to star in the Netflix series. 
yeah, that could go very well or very poorly. It's hard to tell. <laughs> also, I just want everyone in within this chat to see this uh, PS1 era Witcher screenshot. Why would you do this to us? Look at it, gaze. I don't want to. Geralt is very purple. We're looking at here. Oh, sure. That is very purple. Yeah. But yeah, it it looks uh, very of its time. Mm-hmm. Let's see. But yeah, mm. uh, if anyone's interested in that, there is a Eurogamer article about it from 2014 that may pick your interest, called "The Witcher Game That Never Was." Oh, this looks mm-hmm. awful. It's very, very of the time. Yeah, like I said, this looks awful. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you have to compare it to what was actually being made at the time it was being made. Uh, let's see. Good mo- money changed hands. Good money for Poland in 1997. That's a lot of qualifiers there. <laughs> yeah. Followed by the follow-up statement, ridiculous by any other standards. Let's see. Some yeah, I mean, a- anything money. coming out of out of Eastern Europe at that time was probably done because it was cheap. Yeah, like that one series of Tom and Jerry cartoons produced in Czechoslovakia. Oh, those are those are weird. <laughs> I mean, they're hilarious, but they're really odd. And you, I mean, I remember they're whenever, not the kind uh, of back, hilarious back that Tom and Jerry wants. Archie Networks was actually doing documentaries on Tom and Jerry, and they were talking about how, yeah, they hired this animation studio in Prague to do it and all they did was it kind of explain the concept and the team had never actually seen any of the cartoons. Ooh. Yeah, I think they got a model sheet, maybe. <laughs> That's, uh, was so, uh, I mean, they got enough to be able to tell what the characters looked like, sort of. But Pretty much. Yeah. Still better than some of the new ones that are just too talky. Oh yeah, well those, that just didn't make sense. I think my favorite follow-up uh, on this entire dis- uh, thing though is Sapkowski took the money and kept to himself which was something that the developer at first interpreted as giving space and then after a number of unanswered letters Sapkowski didn't do email they realized that it just meant that he didn't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> their words <laughs> sounds about right I think he thought of something like this. Extra money is coming my way. Nobody cares about games, so it's not going to destroy my character in any way. Yeah, let's do it. Ah, uh, incredible. But yeah, uh, it's a it's a pretty interesting thing. The game looks like a very Tomb Raider or Soul Reaver-esque construction from what little these screenshots say. Uh, but yeah, fascinating in its way. That sort of... Uh, to see, like, a primordial attempt at what became a very popular license. I agree. (laughs) Wheels, you're burned out and dead, if you know it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Is there anything else we can mine from this set of questions? Uh... I'm going to try playing Nino Kuni again. Go oh. ahead. Um, which it's version? The PS3 version. Well, both, but yes, the PS3 version is now on Switch, so I'm going to give it. But not uh, not the DS version. I'm going to nope, play they that. Ported Wrath of the White Witch, yeah. not. Uh, yeah. Whatever the what? I keep forgetting what the 
DS version subtitle was. Yeah, I believe... um, um, like the Sorcerer of Darkness or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that has gotten a fan translation, so I am going to take it. That look it has. It. I've yeah. seen it. Okay. <laughs> Play that. How does that work with the fact that several of the in-book um, riddles involve um, re- um, like uh, substitution codes with Japanese katakana? I don't know, but I'm sure that the uh, that the PDF of the uh, manual that's translated will probably be the way that you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I love that uh, DS piracy got so bad that we got went back to LucasArts style feelies in order to make sure that people weren't stealing your game. Mm-hmm. Like they were really cool, but it, I mean, was, it was it was, mo- it was the modern day dial of pirate. It was pretty bad piracy in the DS. Like the fact that you could just, you could buy a little cart for super cheap and just load it up. It's, These were not expensive options. Yeah, no, yeah. To, to the point where the the original villain in the Neptunia series was named after that cartridge. R4? I think R4. R4, the R4 cartridge, yes. Yeah. They specifically named her after the most common and popular piracy method in video game history at that point. Listen, I don't give Neptunia much credit, but that is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case you're wondering why your favorite DS game never got a localization, you can thank the R4, most likely. It was probably yeah. a big contributing factor. Uh, shaking my fist at uh, poor Ace Attorney yeah. Investigations, too. Yeah. I mean, from what I've heard, uh, sales of DS software fell off a cliff at some point. They got real. Day? It got really. They got real low in like 2010 ish. So niche games in particular, yeah, just sort of died around that. Yeah, time. That, that's about the, I mean, you still saw a lot of interesting games coming out, but most of the the variety had dropped completely dropped off the radar by 2012, which yeah. would have been like the end of that cycle for development. Yeah, the D, the 3DS had just come like, out by that point. Yeah, 2012. That would be like um, Nora's. Yeah, Nora's workshop, the uh, Atlas Guest cro- um, collaboration, was about that time. I forgot about that. Awesome Cute game. Enough. If you ever want me to grab you a copy. That's the kind of question you take seriously, Wills. Uh, yes, I will accept. Yes, yes. Okay, I, I will keep an eye out, out for yes. price checking. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was one of those situations where... Like, that that really did. It's one of those rare situations where it's like, no, piracy had a very tangible, known effect on DS sales, on DS software sales. Like, you can get, like, 3DS flashcards, I believe, but it's one of those situations where, like, the, it's, it's harder enough that it doesn't cause the kind of problems that the R4 did, whereas, like, the R4 was really easy to get hold of and really easy to use. <laughs> yeah, and like the DS and even the DSi really didn't do system updates, and the DSi didn't have yeah. too many. But you know, the 3DS still gets system updates. So yeah, yeah. like there will not be a perfect piracy solution for it until there is until it is already gone. So yeah, I think uh, I remember someone's telling me about it, like the steps to hack the thing it's like 40. oh they're like it's, it's a really long process and there's absurd. several places where it might just break it yeah 
like the the 3D, the PS, DS and PSP both like got at least partly done in by piracy. Because I mean, eventually PSP reached a point where it's just like stick in this memory stick, you're done. But that still took way longer than it did for the the DS. Yeah, the PSP is even worse though because you don't even need an external device. It's true. It's true. Mm. Which is prob- probably part of why Sony went with a terrible memory card solution for the yeah. Vita. But I mean, that was I. I don't think they realized what their actual problems were with the Vita, and that was always the case. No, I. I, I and I think just the fact that you'd have to like system updates and stuff would have been enough, like it was with the 3DS. So they really. I mean. That's not the only problem. Like, there were lots of problems like it, with the Vita. The PSP's, like, part of the PSP's problem, and I don't think they realized it at the time, was that like it was a very early handheld all-in-one device, so people wanted to hack it to do other things. Right. But like by the time the Vita came out, like a lot of the hacking scene had moved to like making weird applications for your phone. Yep. So like a lot of consoles just aren't high-value targets anymore, so they don't get hacked as quickly, because there's not as many people that just need their consoles to do all that, they just get their phone to do it. So, like, that that weird nexus of, like, we need to hack the handheld console has sort of gone away, so if you just take out the most obvious and broad piracy vectors, you're usually fine. There was, however, that, uh, like, Nintendo, the Switch, like, processor level... Uh, problem that Nintendo managed to patch by completely reconfiguring the Switch's boot sequence. Holy crap. <laughs> I am shocked they did that without producing a single incompatibility. That's impressive. But it did fix the problem. The That hack no longer works. It involved like using, like tricking the Joy-Con into thinking it was malfunctioning to boot into something. Oh, How do these people figure this out? Uh, a lot of money and a lot of time. I, I guess, like, yeah, I... they're very, very focused on this kind of thing. And oftentimes they'll, I mean, if something new's out, they will do everything they can to be the first ones to find it. Yeah, like, that becomes, like, the competition, is just, like, be the first ones to do something with it. Oh, man. But, yeah, like, there hasn't been a catastrophe as uh, a catastrophe on the level of the uh, PS360 DSPSP generation uh, in terms of this thing is hacked six way from Sunday and there's really no recovering from it. I mean, we we had the freaking PS3 store hacked. <laughs> so the PS3 store, like, well, come on. Like, that was, that doesn't, does it count as hacking when, okay, this is a very, like, low, you need very slight amounts of understanding of HTML to understand this, but they sent requests via HTML get. Apparently they had an outdated version of uh, Apache Tomcat incredible they just like the entire assumption was just oh well what the ps3 is sending is always trustworthy (laughs) nothing can ever breach that like that was the way that the security worked is the assumption that the ps what the ps3 sends to the store is always true like it can always be trusted to be exactly what it says it is it's just incredible yeah that's hubris yeah yeah Oh man! Oh, I gotta. I do have to talk about one of the great finds that I heard, which was that the PS3's cell processor has like eight SPE cores in it, 
-hmm. And it can only use like six of those. And originally it was only supposed to have six in it because that's all it could use. It doesn't though, because apparently Ken Kutaragi uh, demanded that IBM up it to eight because eight was a nicer number than six. <laughs> Which also caused this, the processor to be much uh, larger on the board and cost a lot more to manufacture. Yep, yeah, there, there's another one for numbers that only exist because somebody thought they would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Usually you do that for things that show up outside the system rather than inside it, but yeah. Hey, that's the reason why there are seven colors in the rainbow, officially. Yeah, yeah. That's different between a ton of cultures. It's bizarre. <laughs> oh, no, but in the specific case of Western science, it's because there was originally six in the count, but Sir Isaac Newton thought that the numerology was off, and so he wanted to put a seventh one in. That's why we have indigo. Yeah. But there's also some really, like, I read about this a while ago, and it was like, there are some places where they only consider there to be three colors in the uh, rainbow, which is interesting. Like, that's, it's very, people forget how culture-influenced it is. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's like how long it took Japan to actually have a word for green that yeah. wasn't folded into blue. Yep. Or some of the Central Asian countries where yellow and brown are shades of the same color. Yeah. Yellow, brown, and orange. Yeah, it's one of those situations where, like, if, if you think about it, it's like, oh, I can see how that would be the case, but you're, the culture that surrounds you kind of determines, like, well, that those are different colors. Why? Well, that's what everyone else agrees on. Of course. Did you ever hear the one about people saying, asking, oh, did the Greeks actually not have a color blue? Oh, boy, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, mainly because the words used to describe things in, like, all, all the ancient epics... Yeah. The sky was always described as pale. Mm -hmm. And in fact, even in French, if you ask somebody what the co sky uh, the color um, what color the sky is, they'll probably say blanc. Ah. Um, not actually meaning white, but actually just meaning blank, literally. Yeah. Um, and so in the epics, you would have the sky being described as pale and the sea being described as wine dark. Neither is ever actually described as blue. Yeah. And so some people took this to mean that for some reason the Greeks were genetically incapable of seeing the color blue. <laughs> uh, Which I'm like, dudes, okay, you've taken an interesting sociological point of linguistic um, relativism and somehow tried to make it really impossible. Yeah, that was, that's, uh, that's immediately trying to uh, slam a square peg through a round hole. <laughs> No, it's trying to scram. Um, what was it? Trying to cram an irregular um, parallelogram or something <laughs> through, um, through a round hole. Uh, I do want to go through one last bit of uh, researched uh, bad quotes from PS3 Harrisoni because this one really just took my breath away. Uh, which one? We don't provide the easy-to-program-for consoles that developers want, because easy-to-program-for means that anybody will be able to take advantage of pretty much what the hardware can do. So then the question is, what do you do for the rest of, for the next nine and a half years? You tried to buy... You know, tried to buy love, basically. It's, it's so mind-boggling that that yeah, statement was made with a straight face. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in conclusion, uh, video game speak, uh, video game PR speak is a nightmare. 
uh, spin will never die. I agree. Yes, it's a very good thing. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, but we don't have questions, and I don't think we've got much more to say because I think Wheels is dying. Uh, so. I'm not dying. So, okay, question question for Wheels. Have you ha- read anything interesting lately? Um. <laughs> Eventually, I'm just going to fly to Connecticut and sit you down <laughs> with this book and make you read it. I mean, that would be fun. I would pay to watch that. I've read about if Angular. Help, if you that... help provide for my airfare, that would be great. Yeah. Wheels, you and I both know that Angular isn't that interesting. It's... it's, it's, it's as technical documentation goes, it's probably fine. I like TypeScript. It's better than JavaScript. I mean, that's not saying much. <laughs> True. True. Uh, listen, I'm not saying Angular is bad. Angular is quite good, but reading documentation can only be so interesting. That's yeah, sure. very true. <laughs> So let's uh, let's close the curtain on this nightmare that is uh, us realizing that we don't have questions five minutes before the question show starts. What? You can't okay. pull the curtain back. Listen, people, don't listen to him. We're always super prepared. Never, Buddy. Nothing is ever okay. thrown together at well, the last minute. The cat is okay, already then, out of the bag. Um, okay, random other thought I had from two weeks ago on... How Dragon Quest, the Dragon Quest movie is better than the Nino Kuni movie. Oh, important. In what way? Yeah. Part of it was just the background stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, towards the, towards the second act of the movie, when the young hero is walking into town, that's the, the town where the hero's sword is supposed to be, and he has to fight the monster. Mm-hmm. And so he's checking the... Basically, he's checking the news board in the town that's talking about the monster. And other things that you can see on the board, all in English, include things like Metal King wants medals. I mean, just very random little things that you actually have to look to find, but they are so completely in-universe that it just works really well. The movie is not distracting you for the joke. It's just like, there's a joke if you notice it. (laughs) Yeah. And plus, it in many ways, it just feels a lot more like a video game movie in the fact that, hey, there are giant killer robots guarding the Cave of the Fairies. Wow. I'm into it. <laughs> They're there. Yes. They should be. Yes. I mean, in the game, they're there, too. It's just like, why? Yes. <sighs> and, the game, and the movie even asks, why are they there? They just are. Yeah. That's good enough. Did the Nino Kuni movie involve Studio Ghibli at all, or no? Um, I don't believe it did. Okay. No, I mean, it had... I mean, I think some of the animators may have come from Ghibli at some point, because it definitely had a Ghibli-esque animation style, and the entire soundtrack was basically taken from the Game Boy, uh, from the DS game. Yeah. Which means it is Joe Hisaishi doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, like I wrote in the review... I would be buying a copy of the soundtrack if I didn't already own it from nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. a very good soundtrack. Yeah. Listen, a lot of that game would be made a lot better if it didn't have complete trash for a combat system. 
<laughs> that's the PS3 game. Yeah, that's definitely the PS3 game. I can't speak for the DS game, but the PS3 game's combat is awful. It's a pretty game. Yeah. Why won't it love me? Someone tell me. Be- because somebody at level 5 decided they wanted to get really creative in the wrong, at absolutely uh, the wrong time. The wrong directions at the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I think otherwise, I think we should probably just say that we'll look at questions on 133 or 134 next time. Yes. Uh, Alternatively, from the Discord, if someone uses that, although it's usually just for chat, we're fine with that as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think. Wheels, are you still doing Monster Hunter podcasts? Oh, yes. Uh, we've brought back. I was going to say, you put one of those up last week. Yes. We've brought back the hunt. <laughs> that uh, went up. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I didn't edit that one, to be yeah. fair. I just posted it. Uh, JT Servant, I believe. Yeah. So with the release of Iceborne, we've brought back the hunt. Uh, we're not only covering Iceborne. We're, we've gone jumped back into Generations Ultimate, some 4. It's just um, an excuse to talk about yeah, Monster Hunter. Yeah. Monster Hunter stories, but that's kind of going to be how the show goes. We'll bring it back every now and then when we jump back into Monster Hunter, but I, I don't think it's one something we want to do like, like uh, every other week. Like it's a mini series. Yeah. It's, you know, we'll do it when the time is right and when it's time to put it on ice for a while, it'll go on ice. Uh, on Iceborne. Yeah, but there seem to be a lot of people playing Monster Hunter right now, and so it's a good time to do some shows on that, help people out. And hopefully, I can convince some people to play Monster Hunter stories like I was convinced to play Monster Hunter stories. It's very cool. It'll fall off, and then you'll bring it back again when Iceborne hits PC, and that's how life goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, otherwise, uh, questions in the usual places, and I guess, see you, Space Cowboys. Swine slug, look, crow, 